visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Hello and welcome to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie So. We have a lot of great programs for you today. We have our new culture program, Cultural Visa Everywhere, and also our music program, Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes, where you will hear some beautiful classical Chinese music. But first, join us for Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Wednesday, February 19th, and in the studio we have Jake Chen. Hello. Paula Chow. Hello. And I am Natalie So. We'll be talking about how Apple is planning to move some production to Taiwan. Also, what is the hotbed for germs that you should be cleaning right now? I'll tell you about that. And um, someone donated $2 million um, uh, to the health ministry. And um, we'll be telling you about a job placement center that is helping the homeless. Those stories and more coming right up. A lot of the news has been about the COVID-19 outbreak and all kinds of effects that it is having on life. Um, I know a lot of people um, are worried about catching the virus. And a lot of companies actually have not gone back to work in China. Um, definitely not at full capacity. And this has actually affected Apple which makes, you know, all of their products, most of them, I think, in China. And they have decided, because they have a lot of new products that they're planning to launch in the beginning of this year, they're going to move production of a number of their top gadgets that are going to be launched in the first half of 2020 um, to Taiwan. So these include AirPods Pro Lite, iPads, and Apple Watches. So I wonder what the situation is. I wonder if they have, how they're moving everything over here, or if they have the, the gadgets, you know, the, the parts or whatever. But, you know, Foxconn is a Taiwanese company, so they have the know-how. Anyways, um, the news is that Apple is trying to diversify its supply chain geographically because of the spread of the virus, and they're planning to gradually increase the proportion of production in Taiwan. So um, it is actually estimated that at least a third of China's production lines will uh, be idle in the first quarter of this year. So China is taking a big hit, not only, you know, in, in the health of its people, but economically as well. Wow, what do you guys think about this trend? So that actually benefits Taiwan's... I would say it does yeah, because it, it brings jobs yeah. here, right? So I, mean, I think Taiwan has inadvertently benefited from some of the... Uh, challenges that uh, China has faced, such as the U.S.-China trade war, and mm. also now this outbreak. So I think Taiwan is um, positioned in, in a good place that we can do manufacturing and a lot of important work in the tech field. But um, yeah, that should be interesting to see if it's a long-term trend or not. It's always good to diversify, you know, your supply chain or, or your markets in general. So I think that's what Apple is looking to do. I mean, China is such an important country in the world, economically and, and otherwise. So I think that uh, when something like this devastates China, it's having an effect on, on most of the world in some way or the other. Right. Well, like our premier said last week, don't put all your eggs in one basket.
about someone who made a big donation because they were concerned, I think, about the COVID-19 outbreak. Well, he's an um, internet personality. He donated uh, two million Taiwan dollars to the health ministry. That's about sixty-six thousand U.S. dollars. Well, he said that because um, he works really hard every day, and he he, and he wants to do something for the country, for the public, and for society whenever you know um, we need him. So he decided to donate um, two million uh, Taiwan dollars to the health ministry. And on his Facebook, he posted a, um, he put a, a receipt, and he said that, um, you know, in his receipt there is a note. He said this, the money strictly used for containing the um, the novel coronavirus. And he also said that, um, you know, he wanted to thank uh, Taiwan's medical care workers for helping fight the disease. And he said, well, you know, this is our country. We have to save our country. And then he posted, um, you know, this on Facebook and a lot of web users are saying that, well, thank you for doing this. And you don't just, you know, it's not lip service. You use action to protect Taiwan so people really like it. And, uh, and there's an, another guy who said, oh, well, you know, it's so nice that Taiwan has someone like you. Now, who is this YouTuber? What is his name? Uh, I don't know his name. He has a nickname. He called himself Mr. 486? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder what's that all about. You know, like 46 is a really, really old computer model, like from 20 oh, years ago. Oh, okay. So maybe he's so, in that field. I'm guessing. I guess we're not his fans, huh? We don't know him. <laughs> right. Yeah. But we are his fan now. Uh, we appreciate what he's done. Well, I think Taiwanese, you know, um, I've noticed that whenever there's a big crisis, a lot of times people just volunteer to, to give money, you know, like we did for Japan when they were facing, you know, um, that nuclear reactor uh, crisis and... Also, after earthquakes and, you know, now in the faces of COVID-19, it's great to see celebrities like him helping out. Listen, are you listening? (laughs) This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Okay, Jake, you have the latest in an ongoing dispute. Tell us about this. Right. Um, a little bit of a history uh, in uh, Taiwan's food delivery uh, industry before we get into it. So um, I think a lot of our listeners remember that delivering food to people's home, this became a real sort of tangible job, a second job for a lot of people and, and part-time job for university students. i say in the second half of last year, it was a thriving industry at a time. Uh, a lot of people, you know, we have here news all the time that people quit their full-time job to do this because it was a lucrative and as the uh, industry saturates and uh, different uh, uh, policies were being made, there were a lot of disputes, uh, companies lowering their wages, uh, um, you know, for their employees. And also there were a number of deaths because uh, oh. I think we... we Traffic were, accidents? Yeah, I think there were three or four last year, wow. uh, like food delivery workers who, who died uh, while delivering food. But these are, quote unquote, contract workers. So they won't have any uh, life insurance at a time. Oh. 
So the employees of Food Panda, which is one of the two major food delivery companies here, the other one being Uber Eats, have been on a strike and have been calling for、uh, negotiations for a number of months since then. Unfortunately, the second major strike just came to a standstill Monday. Uh, because uh, most of the demands from the employee, the company didn't sort of reach,、uh, couldn't reach an agreement, including、uh, better pay, better wages, and、uh, you know better protection for for these workers. So the third negotiation will be set in the middle of March, and、uh, we'll see what's going to happen then. Well, I think that they definitely should have、um, the rights of ab- normal employees. Yeah, I think to this day, both、uh, Food Panda and Uber Eats. Refuse to sort of、uh, call their workers, you know, employees. They call them contract workers because legally, if there are actual employees, there are a lot of、uh, rights that they're entitled to. And I guess the companies aren't willing to to、uh, mm. relinquish that that control. So yeah. Anyway, we hope that things work out and it becomes a very、uh, a safer and a better industry for better regulated, the, yeah, better regulated industry. Um, you guys guess what is the one of the biggest hotbeds for germs that all of us have with us?、Oh. Cell phone, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's a good hint, right? <laughs> so you know, since we're so concerned about germs these days, we should be cleaning our smartphone screens because actually, the smooth surface of a smartphone screen is a hotbed for germs.、Um, it is also a possible. Means of virus transmission, it actually can carry three and a half times more germs than a toilet seat. Ooh, Ooh. isn't that nice to know? <laughs> <laughs> And、um, let me tell you how to clean it, so you don't want to ruin your phone while you're cleaning it. So what you need to do is you get a cloth. Don't use a tissue because it's kind of rough. Get a cleaning cloth. And put the sanitizer. Spray it on the cloth, not on the screen. Um, if you spray it on the screen and there's too much liquid, it might flow into the openings or ports and damage some internal components. So、um, spray it on the cloth and then rub the screen with the cloth. So you know those thin fiber cloths or those thing cloths to clean your、uh, your glasses. Yeah, you can use those. So viruses stay on a rough surface for about 15 minutes, but they can stay on a smooth surface for a whole day. Whole day, wow! So <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's interesting. Did you guys know like what the dirtiest or the, or the best place for germs in our home is? It's got to be the trash bin or the、uh, the sink where you wash all the food. I'm guessing it's actually the sponge that you wash your oh sponge. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. That was, that was yeah.、Mm-hmm. So I mean, we think it's really clean, but actually, it's really dirty. <laughs> Any idea how often we should、uh, swap them out? Um,、so、that I don't know. I mean, you can actually put them if you have a dishwasher in there to wash, or you can wash them yourself. You That's know, true. And then s- switch them off when you when you feel the need. So、um, yeah, there are actually a lot of ways that we can transmit germs. So this is one way. Is through our devices, right? If we touch them, someone else touches them. Because we're always like, our fingers are always touching things, and、yeah. then it touches our phone. So, I mean, the best thing is to keep our hands clean by washing them often. Then we're less likely to have germs. Definitely. But、um, we can keep our phones clean as well.
another trend related to the uh, COVID-19 um, anxiety. Well, um, about 30 to 40% of people who originally want to travel to Japan who have booked tours are canceling their tours, are canceling their plans. So um, last, last Friday, Taiwan's government issued a level one travel advisory for Japan, meaning people should take precautions um, against the infection there. So people are starting to get a little bit nervous, I think also because of, you know, the cruise boat, the Diamond Princess, right. which had, oh, I think at least 400 some um, cases. So, and that's like the biggest cluster of cases outside of China. So, and people are leaving that boat these days. Um, the, the U.S. just uh, took out over 300 Americans back to America. Some of them, 14 of them actually were confirmed with the virus. And then Taiwan is now in negotiations to bring back its people. We have a few dozen people on board. So, but people, I think, are getting nervous about traveling to Japan and also Singapore. So not only China, but um, travel to other countries as well. How about you guys? Um, are you more nervous about traveling these days? I remember reading an article. The article was written by an epidemiologist at Harvard University. He suggested publicly not to travel at all, unless it's absolutely necessary. Unless it's a work trip? Right. Yeah. Hmm. Cut all those non-essential trips. Really? So why is that? Because germs can spread easily that way? In a closed space. Oh, yeah. like on the airplane, you mean? Right. You know, I, I think when you talk about airplanes, one of the articles that I wrote yesterday was a health expert in Taiwan from Taiwan's NTU uh, suggesting that, you know, people should open their windows every 20 minutes and, and that sort of greatly diminishes the chance of the germ surviving. Can't do that on an airplane, though. <laughs> right, I was going to say, I mean, that's a closed space for, what, you know, hours at a time, so... Yeah, that oh my gosh, sometimes 10 hours if you're going across the world, yeah, right? Yeah, sounds like, yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, yeah, the schools are going to be opening next month, right? Uh, next week. Next uh, next Wednesday, all schools, I mean, unless there's further notice, but I think they're slated to really open this time, so. Yeah, so they're also taking precautions. They're going to take temperatures, they're going to open windows. Yeah. Um, going to um, sanitize your hands. Yeah, with uh, alcohol and uh, students' shoes as well, so, yeah. So anyways, everyone's on the alert and uh, people are changing their plans because of the outbreak. The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. hear how a center in Kaohsiung is helping the homeless? Okay, um, Kaohsiung is a job placement center that has, um, you know, offer counseling to homeless people. And over the past few years, it has helped over 100 homeless people find a job. And we have a, um, an example of a guy, uh, he's 64 years old. He, is, he used to be a rich man. He had his own business. However, he lost his business and then his wife also passed away, so he somehow he became a homeless person. 
And he was um, this guy. He was sleeping rough on the streets for four or five years. Wow. Right. And so he usually he um, he slept in the park. That's what he did before. But somehow he um, sought help from the job placement center. So um, people there um, helping find a job um, as a security guard. And he um, has been doing very well. And after three months, this guy became a supervisor. Oh, so, that's wonderful. Right. Yeah, it, it's so he's really good. Clearly capable, yeah. Glad right. he found a he, job. He became a supervisor. So um, the job placement center is also pretty happy because according to the same, a lot of uh, homeless people, they don't feel comfortable in the first month you know, after landing a job. They don't have confidence. So you need, um, they need... Um, encouragement support Mm -hmm. from the job placement center but the job placement center also does help them a lot so um, it also gives them some money to buy uh, new clothes because Mm -hmm. you need a uh, right clothes to to go to uh, work yes yeah there are a lot of things you need to get back on your feet i mean after out there for five years right Mm -hmm. and how do the the job placement center find those um, homeless people they usually go to train station or they go to different uh, parks in Kaohsiung to find homeless people, right? That's and this wonderful. guy is, um, well, it's a pretty, um, you know, it's a, it's a, quite optimistic. You know, after three months, he became a supervisor. Well, you know, some people, I guess if they, what happens if, if they lose their business or they lose their job mm. and then things start to spiral down, right? Right. It's not that they're incapable. They could be depressed. Yeah, I um, think it's more so the psychological impact. Right. And then and yeah. maybe they didn't have any savings. So then they... Could be. They feel like they lost everything and they mm. don't know how to get back. So it's great that there's a center that's really seeking people like that out. That's wonderful. So I hope that they continue to do work like that. There's a lot of good going on here in Taiwan. And uh, thanks for listening to Here in Taiwan. And do stay tuned for Cultural Visa Everywhere, our new program on culture and jade bells and bamboo pipes. For here in Taiwan, I'm Natalie So. I'm Jake Chen. And I'm Paula Chow. We'll see ya. What do you know about Taiwan? I know who the president is. What about their local music and food? Well, hmm, what do you suggest? Tune in to Radio Taiwan International. Here at RTI, we offer the authentic Taiwan experience. You hear the sound of remote attractions, the local food, music, the lives of real Taiwanese as they live it. Visit english.rti.org.tw. Listen to the real Taiwan. Dinner is served. Join Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu as they sample their way through Taiwan's culinary delights. Andrew, I thought we said no more intestines. <clears throat> That's on Feast Meets West every Saturday, only on Radio Taiwan International. Radio for refined palates. Cultural visa everywhere. I am Auntie RTI.
There is Taiwanese opera from Formosa, our beautiful island. There is opera from the Western world. Well, Auntie RTI adores Taiwan. She is cosmopolitan. With her historian-like knowledge, Auntie RTI likes to talk about stories from all over the world. Handsome news: Your line messages never stop. Wow, unpopular. Oh. Today, the world-famous ice cream has a promotion scheme with buy one get one free. So everybody is sharing with each other this information. Oh, everybody knows you enjoy eating. That's why. I was just thinking about buying you some, but you accuse me of that. Don't be angry. We can do things this way. I will invite you for some shaved ice at the restaurant. It's cheap and large in proportion. You can even add many items as ingredients. It's healthier. Wow. When I was overseas. I really miss the shaved ice cream.、Mm, of course, many foreigners would even fly to Taiwan to enjoy the shaved ice.、Mm, where's the shaved ice from? In ancient China, eating something like that would be for emperors only. It is getting hotter. Please check the ice cellar. See if the frost preserved during the winter time is still intact. Yes, sir. If you cannot do such a little thing well, when the emperor is angry, you can lose your life. Sir, it's well preserved. I have an idea. If we pour some honey on the frost, it will be sweet and nutritious. It's a great idea. Wow! There was no refrigerator back then. And during the summer time, only the emperor could enjoy such a special treat. Today, we are even luckier than the emperor. Certainly, red beans, big red beans, taro for shaved ice. What kind of ingredients would you like to have? Um, currently, the sweet bean ice ingredients are not popular. The main strengths would be mango ice or、mm. juice frosty and shaped to become. Delicate ice like snowflakes.、Mm-hmm. Eddie with juice. Foreigners would wait in line too. Oh, look at how excited you are! Don't you want ice cream anymore? Oh, I almost forget. Actually, the smooth taste of ice cream and its sweetness would be tempting for our year. Oh, yummy! Do you know that ice cream in the West was brought back from China by Marco Polo? Oh, really? Yes, he introduced something mixed with juice, cow or goat milk and ice to the west from China. Hmm, it sounds like juice milk at the present time. It would be the earliest form of ice cream developed in France. During the Renaissance, Catherine de Medici from Italy married the future king Henry II of France when she was only a young lady. Catherine, my dearest niece, you will get married. I've chosen a group of excellent chefs to go to France with you. My dear uncle, the Pope, thank you very much. 
in France. Catherine's pastry master developed new desserts every day. Hey, put egg into milk and add sugar. Stir them evenly. Yes, master. Add ice. Whoa! It becomes very smooth. Yeah, correct. This dessert surprised the royal house, becoming the prototype of ice cream. Oh, luckily we are in the modern world, and we can eat whenever we want, although we are not the emperor or the aristocrats. Shaved ice? Yes, with ice cream on the top. <laughs> Was cultural visa everywhere by RTI. Explore the beauty of Chinese and Taiwanese traditional music on jade bells and bamboo pipes. Hello and welcome to this week's Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. I'm Carlson Wong, and on today's show, we'll be playing for you different types of Chinese wind instrument, including di zi, ba wu, and xun, performed by Li Zhen. And to start off, the first piece is thinking of the pasture, which describes the tegel pasture located in the western part of Inner Mongolia.
Double Dizhi performance by Li Zhen and recomposed by Wang Ruilin, Li Zhen and Fan Jun. And again, that piece of music you just heard describes the pasture, the Turgal pasture located in Inner Mongolia. And the next piece that we'll be playing for you is composed by Ning Baoshen and Li Zhen. And this is Longing in the Grand Grassland, which is a Chinese Dizhi Suite, composed of four parts, the morning theme, herding, love melody, and returning in the sunset. And again, this piece of music depicts the Mongolian lifestyle with their daily herds and yearly celebration.
Again, you're listening to Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. I'm Carlson Wong, and today we feature Dizhi music by Li Zhen with the conductor Zhang Jie. Li Zhen is a contemporary Chinese Dizhi master, and he was born in Shanxi in 1944, and then moved to Inner Mongolia with his family during his childhood. The instruments that we feature today include the Dizhi, the Bawu, and the Xun. The Dizhi is a Chinese transverse flute, and according to the Wikipedia, the Bawu is a Chinese wind instrument shaped like a flute, and it is actually a free reed instrument with a single metal reed. And the Xun is a globular vessel flute from China and is one of the oldest musical instruments in China and has been in use for about seven thousand years right now. And again, the music you are listening to right now is "Longing in the Grand Grassland," depicting the beauty of Inner Mongolia. In the grand grassland, and next we'll listen to Baban, meaning eight beats. The Baban melody is a representative of、uh, Orientai music, and according to the Wikipedia, Orientai is a genre of Chinese opera performed by 
two singers. This genre of music, Erentai, is very popular in different parts of China and including the Ordos Plateau in Inner Mongolia. I've enjoyed listening to the wind instrument, including Di Zi Bao and Xin, performed by Li Zhen. Thank you for listening for comments and suggestions. Please write to PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. And our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And I'd like to also take this opportunity to thank our old listener, Larry Toy from Chicago, for sending me a greeting card. Once again, thank you for your company. I'm Carlson Wong, and I'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.